Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have my really good friend with me. Her name is Sarah Smallman. Whoop, whoop. Here we are, fam. (laughs) In the house. You're you're my first guest on this podcast. (laughs) I'm really excited about it, dude. I'm actually so stoked. I'm also uh, very thankful that you chose me to be the first guest. Of course, of course. Okay, so Sarah, let's do a quick rundown of who you are. Who so, am I? These are some questions, deep questions, Daisy. I don't even know <laughs> if I can answer them for myself. I know. I'm sorry. We know your name is Sarah Smallman. How old are you, if you don't mind saying? I'm 18 to play younger. What are the pronouns you like to use? Uh, personally, I like to use she, her, and they, them. Nice, nice. Um, anything else you want to tell us about yourself? Well, I am a Bay Area NorCal native, but I am living in LA. I'm an actress and living in LA and I am an up and coming queer actor. Ah, what does that entail? Like exactly? Well, I am an actor in film and television and uh, because I identify as queer and I, I like to use that as like a broad term, I guess, because personally, like I've, I've identified, I guess, going into my identity. This isn't a queer podcast, but no, <laughs> but, but like, okay. uh, I've identified as lesbian, but I feel like queer is just a more broad term because like gender and identity is so much broader than I even really could fathom when I came out first. So I like to use the term queer. Okay, cool. Is there, what have you been in so far? Anything you can tell me? Have I seen it? I don't even know if I've actually <laughs> physically sought out anything you've been in. Oh, that's okay. I'm such a bad friend. Hey, it's a hey, no, it's okay. We all have our we all have our things, um, <laughs> our, our uh, trials and tribulations. I was in uh, a couple commercials and then I've done an investigation discovery show as well. I've done a couple of those as well, but with different different channels. Channels as in like TV I think stations one, or like YouTube channels? Uh, channels as in TV stations. Cause I did like the investigation discovery uh, murder mystery show. And then I did uh, another murder mystery on oxygen. Okay, so it's not my fault that I haven't seen them then because you've never told me about them. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they probably didn't come up in conversation. I mean, of course, I'm still working on getting my union credits. So mm-hmm. both of them are non-union. I did get to speak in the Investigation Discovery one a couple years ago. Currently, though, I am working on some really cool auditions. So. <gasps> We'll see where those go and if I can talk about those in the future. Yes. You'll have to remember us when you're really famous. (laughs) Well, I'll come back on the podcast for you. Yes. Um, I guess I should probably tell people how I know you because I guess we just started right on in. I went to college with Sarah. She was a year older than me. Remember the first show we did together? Was it a New Works Festival? Yes. One of the shows. And Sarah was supposed to be, I think, like an eight-year-old kid, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and her my favorite line in the whole show was, octopi, octopi, octopi. She would jump. I knew that was it. <laughs> she jumped up and down like on the bed. And she had these pigtails. That's when you had like longer hair too, right? Yeah, pretty wild. She had longer. She had these two pigtails on either side of her head. And she wore these bright pink pajamas. 
Yes, it was so wild. Your family loved that too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Like, they would always say that, or they said that when they came to see Servant too. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. So, so pretty much any show from in college, I almost did. Sarah, I think you were in almost all of them. I believe the, so. Yeah. The only one you weren't in was the musical. My scene, but oh, but that was my senior year. So right, obviously yeah, you weren't gone. there. You were already gone, living the God. the adult life. But <laughs> every show, pretty much, you were in, and my parents know Sarah and every time I say even now I say oh I'm talking to Sarah or I'm gonna hang out with Sarah to go oh Sarah Smallman yeah Sarah Smallman full name (laughs) um they met you I think in that first show but I don't think they really really like talked to you until the next year when I stage managed another show and I introduced you to them. And right. they just remember you saying Sarah Smallman to everybody I introduced you to. <laughs> yes. And I think that's when I had really good handshakes too. So I probably yes. like shook their hand really well too. Yeah. I think yeah. you still do. I think you still got a good handshake. Thanks, fam. I wish I could hug. I mean, those things, they'll come back. You Y'all also get you to... have good hugs too. Yes. I'll, I'll give out some good hugs to, to our fans in the future when it's safe <laughs> to do so. Yeah. <laughs> and then we graduate. I graduated. You graduated first. I graduated the year after and you moved to LA. And for about a year, we both talked on text, but it never registered to me that you were really just like 10 minutes away from me. Right. We live yeah. about 10 to 15 minutes away from each other. LA feels, I mean, it is big. And like, sometimes I think that gets ahead of us. And then we forget like the areas that we're actually in. And it's like, oh, wait, no, our areas are only 10 minutes from each other. And it it really throws me off sometimes because I forget because I'm always like, oh, I want to hang out with a friend, but there's no friends around me. And then I'm like, wait, Sarah is literally in my area. Snaps, snaps to that. Yeah. Uh, I asked Sarah before she came on what she wanted to talk about. And you told me you wanted to talk about the food waste that goes on in restaurants and industries. And so I guess you can go ahead and start talking about that. Um, Sarah, don't say the name of the place, but where do you work at the moment? Uh, Currently, I do work in the service industry at at a food place. And I... I didn't get you the job, but I told you about it because I had worked there for about six months. Your great reputation, though, definitely helped nail me in there. (laughs) I thank you. I try. Um, (laughs) So just for that context, both of us have worked a a decent amount in the food industry. I mean, it's I haven't worked. That was my first restaurant job. Have you had others? Yes. I mean, This was, this is the first, like, um, most, uh, I guess, secure restaurant job because the other ones were more uh, event-based, but I have worked at a variety of different levels. Like I worked at, uh, I've worked in country clubs as like busser. I've worked uh, at like an event, um, like concert event location in their food industry. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know if I should say like their name either. Um, I mean, I'll say it. Yeah, no, I'll tell you after. I worked there and then um, I also worked, as you know, at my prior food location 
as well, which is the worst of them all. You think uh, it's worse than this one? 100 percent yeah okay. i mean well, for, for many reasons but i mean like yeah i guess like for this in particular reason it's pretty tied i think oh it is okay well then i guess that's a good way to just dive into it so i didn't know what exactly the fda or the um there's another big food industry legal one i didn't know what they consider food waste by definition Mm. so by definition food waste is anything that is able to biologically decompose so I guess that's basically what it says anything that can naturally decompose without the help of humans is food waste Mm -hmm. I found some statistics that were shocking obviously um, I will cite all of it in the show notes of the podcast don't worry people I am not plagiarizing So according to the Environmental Protection Agency, food waste in America has skyrocketed with about 103 million tons of food waste in 2018. That's how much was generated. I couldn't, I'm sure there's more recent ones, but I couldn't find concrete recent ones. So that is about a pound of food per person. Wow. And that's just America. Yeah. Wow. It's about, um, for my research, I didn't write the exact number down, but it's about three times that for the global statistic. Wow. See? Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. It's really crazy because it makes me feel so awful and kind of helpless, but it makes me feel better knowing that there are small things that we are all doing. Right. So right. like we said, we both have worked in the food industry. Did you know that a lot of companies don't donate their food out of fear of being sued? Wow. I mean, I am not, I'm not super surprised by that because like just the, the higher ups in, in those corporations, like they're so protective of that, but it sucks because, because there was a bill passed in 1998. Okay, 1996. In 1996, there was the Bill Emerson Good Samaritan Food Donation Act, which protects all these companies from getting sued. And the reason why um, they're they're having a fear of getting sued is because, let's say you give this to a homeless person on the side of the road, and because you're just trying to do a good thing, you give them the food, but let's say they have a deadly allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. And because they don't have the resources, they're obviously could potentially pass away from this. Mm-hmm. If they, if the police finds anything from that corporation on them, the corporation is either scared of bad press and or being sued. This bill protects restaurants from that. It says that they can't be sued because a good Samaritan handed that person extra food. It wasn't on the company. So then why are not more companies still, you know, doing this? I have no idea. Both worked at the same place. I threw away so much food. Mm-hmm. I have thrown away so much food. It like is insane. There was a cust- a guest came in once and asked to buy a sandwich from the for the homeless man that was outside, I had to tell him no. Wow. 
I had to tell him that we weren't allowed to sell it to him because Mm -hmm. he told me it was going to go to the homeless man. And then he said, well, what if I didn't tell you? And I said, well, then that's your right to give it to him. But since you told me, I legally cannot give it to you. Why is that a rule? Because I actually like didn't know that specifics. I mean, I've never had someone come up and ask me that, but. It's because the place doesn't want the bad press if anything happens to the homeless man or woman who gets it. Mm -hmm. I mean, similarly, talking about the previous the previous place that I worked at, um, like we would pick through like fruit. And I mean, it was it was so funny just because like when I started working there, uh, I would be like, oh, is like this okay to use? And then they'd be like, no. And they were like, basically anything that you wouldn't eat yourself, like we can't use. And I'm like, well, I would have eaten that. Like, I, my standards, like if it's not dying, if it's not going to get me sick, I can eat it. And also again, like that stuff, if, if I get it for like a food standard and for, you know, if you have to ship it somewhere or deliver it, it has to be in a certain condition. So it will last. I get that, but there's still other, other purposes, repurposes that you can use it for, whether it be donating it to people who can actually who can eat it or even giving it to compost so it doesn't just get put in a plastic bag and then you have to wait for that bag to somehow open up or break down which it might not and then for that food waste to finally decompose you know well that was another thing I was going to talk about a lot of places and especially places where we have I have worked have an unrealistic food expectation which is exactly what you said if it's Mm. not the prettiest apple we can't serve it if it's not the prettiest piece of lettuce you can't serve it I know Mm. places I know where we I used to work if there was any brown lettuce we'd have to take it out and it was like the tiniest hint of brown and it just Mm. naturally lettuce just naturally browns as it oxidizes in the air especially if we're putting stuff on it yeah it's so crazy how much waste gets produced and how places I've worked you would get like a free meal I never really needed a free meal because I would bring my own snacks so I would save it and then give it this was before I knew about this so sorry but I would then give it to like the homeless man I saw coming off of the interstate section and then I learned about this whole thing about restaurants not wanting to do it for being sued unfortunately I still did it I would just take off all as much evidence of my name or as much evidence of the company as possible because I'm not gonna waste that if right. I didn't get the free meal, it got taken out of my paycheck anyways, so it would be a waste of money. I don't want the food, so someone else should have it. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's just so frustrating because I mean, we could go so in depth about about the poor homeless population as well um especially with what's happening in LA right now with Echo Park and everything yes I mean it's it's just wild because I think on the topic of food I will say this on the topic of food I myself have learned how important it is to eat well and properly like not even just like making sure you get your servings of fruits and vegetables but like also making sure that like that outweighs the processed foods. And a lot of the times the homeless community, they only get like 
processed foods if people are giving them anything. And how are you expecting anybody who's in that position to get themselves out of that position if they're not being fed properly to get the right energy and nutrition? Like I know how I've felt on days when I just have not been able to take care of myself the in the best standards. And like, I know how poorly I can feel and how like low energy and then it affects your mental health and like all this stuff. And to already be in that situation, like it's, yeah, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. So, I mean, at least being able to give them a good meal, like if you can, it, you should be able to. Yes. Especially since, because a bunch of these quote-unquote environmentally friendly businesses like the one I worked at it's all about serving good food serving healthy food serving Mm. sustainably sourced food serving hormone-free chicken beef whatever all that stuff so they're so focused on that side of the process but they have to look also on the back end of their food it's one thing to say oh we're gonna buy all this organic produce but then on the other end throw it all away right well and that's the thing that also sucks when you are you have to yeah you should figure out a better system because when you're doing locally organic sourced food like that is going to go bad even faster because you're there's no pesticides it's better for you Um, It's better for the environment, but it is going to go bad faster. So you kind of need to figure out a system so you don't waste so much good product, you know? Um, About 16% of food waste is just unused products. Unused lettuce that can't be sold, unused tomatoes that can't be used. That is a good bulk of the food waste, according to um, the website Rubicon, which is an environmentally focused website, they Mm -hmm. said about 16% of the food waste is just unused stuff that they can't, they can't sell to people. Interesting. I think restaurants also need to start having, if they want to create less food waste, I think an important way to start also is looking at their stock, like buying less of something that they don't need or buying only a certain amount and if they run out they just run out then they'll they know to buy maybe one percent more the next time or just keep it and then people will think it's a hot commodity think it's like limited edition whatever because people are greedy sometimes and they will like rush to get it so you'll still sell out of it most likely if you still keep it at the same level of food right feel like the way that we purchase things in, I think it's in like almost all countries, you know, the way that we, I mean, all the like big countries, I guess we could say, cause I'm the very populated countries. I don't know if that's even better. Either way, the way that we buy stuff is just ridiculous as well. You know, like yeah. I wish that you could especially because as in here in LA, a lot of us are single people living or, or two people living to a home. And a lot of uh, things that you purchase are more bulk and you, you can't use it fast enough before it goes bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that 
just sucks too. Cause it's like, then there's even more food waste. It's like, if you could just buy the amount that you need and then leave the rest for somebody else who can use it, then you're not, it's better for your bank and better for the environment and for food waste, I believe, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. You'd still have to hope that that grocery store you're buying from will do something responsible with the the leftovers there, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think also a big thing restaurants need to start doing, this is kind of moving out of food waste, in, but it's also just something that the food business, food restaurant business needs to do is include more options for different dietary restrictions. Right. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this because Sarah actually is, I always get this wrong. You're paleo, correct? Yeah. Okay. I get it confused with keto, but you're paleo. So even just trying to find a restaurant, you always tell me like, oh, it's okay. If it's not a paleo restaurant, but I don't want you to have to not go to a paleo restaurant just because you want to hang out with me. So oh, I thanks, think Daisy, oh, you're welcome. So I think more restaurants, <laughs> need to also do that because then in the long run that could also lessen food waste because then they're buying different varieties of ingredients yeah. and in smaller batches because they don't need to serve that's not just their one thing they serve totally totally yeah I would agree I mean it's also not that hard to make paleo options I will say but uh, I think the, the toughest thing is, is sauces. And I will say just as a side note that we need to just use less sugar in our products, bruh, because yeah. sugar's not paleo, but you have like, or like cane sugar, but you have like natural sugars like honey or, um, I mean, honey is, as long as it's well sourced as well, because we have to also worry about the bees because those are, they're going extinct. Yeah. So everybody that's listening. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. That's when I'll come back. Um, but there's there's like coconut sugar. There's monk fruit. There's erythritol. There's all these other natural sweeteners that are derived. Even allulose, I think, comes from like figs and things like that. So there's so many other healthier alternatives to cane sugar that your body can break down better. We should be putting those in the sauces. I think it's really just helping other restaurants also be educated there. I, in my research, there was like an organization that will partner up with restaurants to collect their food waste or to help them create a more ecological, environmentally friendly plan. Mm -hmm. And I think it just needs to be more publicized. People need to demand that restaurants do it, or they need to do a little bit of research and, maybe only then go to restaurants that they believe in or mm -hmm. that they know do that. And I know that's super hard because, I mean, I went to, I'm going to, this is, sorry, but I went to In-N-Out today. I got a grilled cheese. I know they're not the best company, but I also don't go to them every, every day. I only go right. like once a month. Right. But I think it's, it's, it is something that I do though. I do try to research things. I do try to only spend money on, stuff that I believe in. I'm, like, I think, I think also just education needs to be so widely dispersed for restaurants, but also the pricing. That's another thing that to live this lifestyle, I recognize that it's a very privileged lifestyle. Mm -hmm, a lot of people mm -hmm. won't be able to go and buy a hundred percent organic because right. it is usually more expensive. Right. 
but there are ways to get it for cheaper, like going straight to the farmer's market. Right. Yeah. Todd and I have started going to farmer's markets for like, we don't live together. So uh, my parents buy their, buy the produce for the house and his parents buy his produce for the house, but for smaller stuff like honey or sauces, like things that we can kind of more control over our diet, we do try to get those from either like small companies or organic from the farmer's market where it is a little cheaper because you're buying it from the source. You're not, Mm -hmm. not the middleman. Yeah. So I think that needs to, I think just education for restaurants, for the business needs to be more available to everybody, but also to the businesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also just want to throw in, this is a public service announcement for anyone who lives in LA slash if you don't live in LA, look it up for your community. But I belong to a compost hub and not only do I get to now collect my food waste at home or not food waste, but food scraps and um, and bring them to the compost, then it gets reused like they have volunteers. I can go volunteer and like repurpose this compost and then I can buy the produce that they grow grow there like they have a farm in the back so they have uh they are growing all sorts of things like lettuce romaine uh arugula um beets uh radishes uh strawberries all these other things you know and so it's kind of cool in that sense to see the full circle of my my produce, even though I don't have like the resources myself to do that. Like I don't have a farm in my backyard yet, but, um, I can at least take it to a community place and, and yeah. Well, just full cycle. Just also on that thought, um, this refill store that I follow on Instagram, she posted recently. She also lives in an apartment like you through the, the parks and recreation in LA. You can rent I didn't know if you know, I don't know if you know this, but you can rent plots of land in like a garden and then that can be like your garden. I think it was That's like, awesome. I think it was like a dollar a day or something. And you pay wow. for, you either pay bi-monthly or for the year and then you just grow your own food or you basically just do whatever you want with it. She's gonna, I think, set up a garden and a compost area, but awesome. she had showed other people's and they even have like, like chairs like it's a it's like an, an a patio for them that is awesome I know that I've driven by one in Pasadena and I wasn't sure and I, it may just be a community garden that maybe anybody in the community can go to but I'm sure it's kind of like that where like you rent out your plot so you uh get to manage that part of the land sort of yeah thing. which I thought was pretty cool and she said it was like less than a dollar a day that's and I awesome. thought that was pretty interesting because then like it's for, I guess, for people who are in apartments or who don't have access to large plots of land. Yeah. Um, I also want to go off of uh, really quick, just the your point on um, how it is such a privileged lifestyle, because to me, it's it's also so wild to to think of that, like the most natural, healthy way of living is a privilege like that just sounds so wrong because it should not it should not be that way and also i mean it's still rough to for like our our gen our generation our age that we're in like to to make that happen but it is a privilege to be able to find ways to do so um 
And like, even with the stuff that I buy at the grocery store, like not only is it better for the, better for like the, the planet in the way that it's grown and sourced, but the packaging that it comes in too is also better. And I just like, oh, it brings me back to big restaurant industry um, and just big business industry. Like it just sucks because it's like, they're not only creating so much food waste, but then it's just so much waste in general. Like mm-hmm. it, it just frustrates the heck out of me because like there are so many companies that are coming up with such cool ideas like this one brand that i buy has like neo plastic uh uh bags that they put their stuff in and that is not only like a plastic that is made to help reduce carbon emissions and like in the air but it also can be recycled um and then there's like bioplastics and things that are actually made from the planet that the planet knows how to break down, you know, cause it's made from its own sources. Um, I know there's so many things that big businesses, but also restaurants can do. I mean, even, even by purchasing like maybe biodegradable or even compostable utensils for to go, right. if they really need to do to go because the cardboard boxes that a lot of these restaurants advertise as recyclable really aren't because if you look inside and it's shiny it's it's automatically not recyclable so they're telling you oh it's recyclable so that you can keep buying but it's not it's really not recyclable and it really frustrates the heck out of me I'm trying not to swear because I don't know if swearing's okay on your podcast but frustrates the heck out of me like handing out so many plastic utensils and that are also wrapped in plastic packaging. I'm just like, bruh. Um, I know we have the system that we ask the guest if they want it. Yeah. And a lot of them do say no. So we are saving, but like still, still there a lot. I noticed a lot of restaurants have a recycling option, but when I look into them, there is mm-hmm. so much trash right. that it has to just be thrown away. That where we used to That's work. That's what I'm saying. Like they, there needs to be stricter pol- um, people to enforce just that. Like yes. there, there have been so many times I've had to take out the recycling to the trash can because right. some stupid person put a whole like sandwich in there. It's like, um, do you not see the recycling sign? Well, and also just like the fact, I don't know, it's made me think about, about all those things because I mean, yes, like a lot of places have these recycling bins, but you don't know what's going on, like in the back room, you know, because Mm -hmm. there aren't specific recycling bins back there, you know? So it's like everything that's happening in production side does not always get put in the right place too you know, Mm -hmm. whether it be plastic, food waste, whatnot, like, and that's frustrating as well, because it's like, like, it's like, it's like a, a, again, like a show, like a look, we're doing good. Like, I don't know, it makes me think of, I don't want to name any specific businesses, but it makes me think of like grocery stores that have trash, compost and recycling. And I'm like, do you actually like, where do you take that compost? Do you have, are you paying for someone to come pick that up? Majority of the time when you ask them, they don't know. So then it's like, mm-hmm. well, what? How do you not know? <laughs> right. 
Right. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating because I'm sure, I'm sure every, every place has its like, you know, quote unquote secret. And uh, I just feel like unless you really work in that place, you don't, you'll never know. I found, I mean, I've just found out so much um, from the past places that I've worked at uh, that it's just wild. And it's like all these places promote healthy eating healthy living community but the part of the community is also the planet if you're promoting community then promote stuff that will help the planet yes i mean also uh, this is my like argument for everything is just like for anybody who owns a big business or big corporation or anything And like their main goal, and I don't mean to put this completely negatively because I get it. Your, your goals are your goals, but like your main goal is, is just making a ton of money, you know, and your only worry is your money and your income Um, or not your only worry, but your only goal and accomplishment is money, let's say. And I, and I, uh, some people would refer to these specific types of people as like greedy individuals or like money whatever you want to call them but uh but like your business does not matter if there isn't a place for your business to be you know and like if this planet dies your business is automatically dead like it does not matter in the end Mm -hmm. so if like we don't start helping reduce these emissions and like just try it like we need to do a big try to like get this flipped around or else nothing else matters to be Mm -hmm. honest I think it was like a few years ago I don't know and I'm just pulling this out of my butt so don't quote me on this isn't it something like we have 10 years to really really change before we start seeing like deadly yeah I mean we already are it's like in California it is February and we were having um 80 90 degree weather for February well we were honestly in February it was like 80 90 degree weather and then like one day it would rain and then like it would but it would rain like in the morning and then like go to 80 degree weather again and it's like wait what and it's like there are places in other parts of the country that are getting like crazy snowstorms where my brother is living. He got like the craziest snowstorm like on record for a really long time. And it's like global warming is real. We're seeing the effects. We're seeing um, the coral reefs die. We're seeing weather changes, like real clear stuff. And I still don't understand how people don't get it I'm telling you it's like it's there's so many things just so many so many problems of the world that I wish that that I could help like I mean I know I can help fix them but like I wish that there was more that I could do but it takes so much to to get a person's mindset to see and understand things and it takes them the energy of listening um, and and comprehending and then the energy of wanting to improve themselves but, you know, with humanity and all the goals that we all have for ourselves and the energy that we put towards those and stuff, like I, it's, I see where people try to block other things out and they like, 
that's where it just it just sucks because it's like I don't know how to get more of humanity to feel and understand this unless we literally went into an apocalypse like like COVID in that sort of sense you know where like people weren't understanding sorts of certain things and then all of a sudden like everything shuts down and it's like okay now my brain comprehends what this is like Mm-hmm. It's like people, it's, it's so scary because there are so many people who will not understand unless something drastic happens. It's like to people, them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most likely it would happen to them and to the entire planet. So it's like, people, please don't let it get there. At least let like the experience of COVID be some form of understanding to what a drastic, you know, situation can be like, and just put that in the environmental sort of standpoint, and it can be so, so much worse. Well, um, I think that's a good place to end, at least for now. We, But Sarah, thank you so much for being my first guest. <laughs> yes, of course, Daisy. I am so, so glad that you had me on. Thank you. Don't worry. She'll, you'll be for sure back because yeah. I don't, I need you to come back. Oh, we'll have so many more topics. I oh, mean, we, we will. We have to. There's so much to talk about. And yeah. there's just too little time to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm thankful. Thankful that you're doing a podcast like this, Daisy. Oh, it's, thanks. It's cool to listen to and also cool to be able to talk with you about it, too. Well, I feel like I, I just felt like I needed to do something more than just what I'm doing. Because I just am doing like the little things in my own life. So I feel like I needed to do a little bit more. So this is what I decided to do. Well, rock on, Daisy. It's going to be fantastic. Thanks. But do you have anything you want to... I know you plugged a little bit about yourself at the beginning. Do you have anywhere people can check you out or find those episodes you are on? Yeah, I mean... Check me out on Instagram. That's probably the best place to follow me. I'll post like all main things there. It's at Sarah with an H underscore smallman spelt like a small man. So (laughs) if you have trouble finding it, just go to Daisy's Instagram or the podcast Instagram. You'll be able to find me there. The episodes that I'm on, I mean, they're, they're definitely hard to find. You could probably find them easier <laughs> on my Instagram. <laughs> okay. I'll find Maybe. them on your Instagram. I'll s- I'll send you, th- I'll find it for you specifically, Daisy, and send okay. it to you. Yes, please. Because I want to watch them. I like watching it. Uh, I noticed in this industry, I am starting to know more and more people. So it's so cool to see them like either in the background or on the shows. Yes. It's, it's always like a little rush. Totally. I feel that, dude. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Okay. Well, that's thanks, Sarah, for coming. Thanks, Daisy, for having me. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.